0: I was scrolling through social media one morning and happened to notice that there was a live stream coming from the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. I sat and watched for a while and saw a woman sweeping with dancer-like motions something on the floor of one of the great halls in that beautiful museum and as I watched closer I realized that what she was sweeping was rice sweeping this rice into beautiful patterns on this black space on the floor there was another woman in the hall who was who was singing occasionally offering bits of melody and vocalizations and so i left it on throughout the morning and i kept returning to it as i did my work and and later she, i noticed that the first woman was was sweeping the rice all back up into a pile, and she left that pile there, and then another woman came into the gallery and started doing the same thing, creating her own design with the rice. And when she had finished, she put it all back into a pile, and then another person came in and began to sweep again. For four and a half hours, there were different people sweeping rice, and I realized as I did a little research that this was the third installment in a series of three similar projects by Lee Ming Wei and Bill T. Jones, who conceptualized this idea that they called Our Labyrinth. And it's based on the Jewish saying, It is not your duty to finish the work, but neither are you at liberty to neglect it said by Rabbi Tarfon. And I was so moved by by the motions, I was so moved by the constant movement of the rice, I was so moved by the simplicity of materials that were used. And I've been thinking about it for for the last few weeks, and, and to me it's come to be a very significant metaphor about our work in the world. And specifically today, our role as a church in this time. See, the pile of rice is, is just the stuff that we have to work with. And for us in the church, it's, it's things like scripture, it's tradition, it's, it's the things that have happened in this building, it's, it's the lives we have lived in this church and the, the saints before us, all of that goes in, into a little pile of rice. And every, every generation, every year, every day, in some ways, we are called to, to take that and create new designs for a new time. Listening carefully to, to how things are to move, to what the new patterns may be. What will we do in this time with what we are given? This Sunday is Reformation Sunday. It's the Sunday where we remember the Reformers that, that leaped onto the scene in the 1500s who, who called to task the, the religious institution of their time, the Catholic Church, and said, there are new ways to do things. And, and our times are, are calling us to, to, a new, to new patterns and new understandings. The world was beginning to change incredibly during that time. Literacy was springing up. They were emerging from the dark ages. What was possible? There was so much more possible than had ever been possible before. And these reformers listened to that and called the church to a new way of being. They asked, who are we going to be in this time? John Calvin, through whom the Presbyterians find their line and their history, has a saying of reformed and always reforming. And it's something that the reformed churches have have taken on in various ways to mean that, yes, we are rooted in in that time and in what happened in Geneva with John Calvin and, and in Germany with Martin Luther. We are rooted in that, yes but we are also always reforming. We're always returning to that that pile of rice and saying, what are we called to do now? What's the new pattern? This is very deeply embedded in our own Presbyterian tradition as as one of the primary books that we work from is the Book of Confessions, a book of statements of faith that are made throughout the last 1,000 years and more. Of people who say say at a certain time, you know, there are new ways that we need to understand and articulate and practice our faith. And so even within our own specific Presbyterian tradition, there is this invitation to tell something new. Today's text is from the book of Leviticus. You may be glad to know that this is the only text from Leviticus in our entire lectionary. Leviticus often gets a bad rap, um, but really what it is is it's a code. It's a code, a holiness code, a code for the people of Israel to consider how they were living in their time. Now, holiness can mean a couple of things, it, it, and it does mean both these things. In one sense, it means keeping oneself separate and pure. Holiness has to do with personal consciousness and conscientiousness, but holiness is also about a messy obligation to be engaged in the world, to be engaged in justice, to be engaged in critiquing power, to be engaged in making writing relationships and writing the places that are going wrong. And I don't think you can get holiness without a paradoxical response that includes both of those things, both a a personal sense of of what it means to live in a right relationship to God and taking oneself seriously, and at the same time, engaging in, in the messy realities of the world, following through on what Rabbi Tarfon said, that it is not your duty to finish the work, but neither are you at liberty to neglect it. That kind of commitment is what holiness is about. And we get a sense of that here in this passage where the writer, the priest likely, is writing about legal cases, favoritism, slander. Don't stand by and allow evil to happen. Our responsibilities for each other. Do not hold grudges or take revenge. Love your neighbor as yourself. In this chapter in Leviticus, we're getting how we are to be in the world and how our holiness is not just about our personal piety, but about our engagement with others and our working for justice and our commitment to each other and our commitment to community. Leviticus is about writing a new code for a new reality trying to describe a way to be faithful to God with the, and to the raw materials of our faith. That's what the writer was doing in Leviticus, and that is what we are invited to do as well. We find ourselves in a new time and place with new questions and new realities. Our biggest mistake, I believe, would be to just hope that everything will go back to the way it was because it probably won't be like before. And also, if we we spend all our energy on that, we may miss the invitation in this time. Anne Haddon Cornelius recently asked a, a small group of us, how will this season imprint itself on us? And that's an invitation for us as individuals and also for us as a community. How will this season of our history This crazy time of of pandemic and political unrest and racial divides and awareness. How will it imprint itself on us? How will we be different because of this time? Will we allow God to do something new in us as individuals and in us as a community? So this morning on this Reformation Sunday, I don't want us to just look back at 1500. In fact, I want us to look at right now, the end of October 2020. How do we sense that God is calling us to move forward in a new way? How do we sense what what God may be doing to change who we are As people and as a congregation, what are we invited to?